0: You're listening to All We Do Is Talk, a conversational long form podcast hosted by Brian Kimball. My guest this week is Taj LeBlanc, and we talk economics in a episode titled The Matrix of Income. I don't understand. What's the concept? You just sit around and just talk to people. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, so the podcast stupid. is literally called All We Do Is Talk. Do you remember table topping? The millennials, or the, does Gen Z do that? That was like the thing that. I don't
1: think I know what that is. What is that?
0: That's when you um, table topping is when you, if this is, becomes a podcast, I'm gonna use some hand gestures and just suck it up. But uh, it's basically when one person. When did gets, you start recording? I started huh. forever ago, man. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything is gold. This is all, this is all gold here. Uh, but anyway, so <clears throat> for the listeners, it's when you get on all your hands and knees, like when you're on all fours. What one person gets down on all fours behind someone who doesn't know they're there, you have to do it really fast, and then the other person just pushes that person, so their legs just go off from under them because they have no, they can't stagger. You've never tabletop someone. Most people just do it on flat ground, and then they just eat it on their back.
1: So why would someone be squatting on a snowy
0: hill or like? No, that's what I'm saying. We were, we like. were just walking on a snowy hill, and okay. then. We were like, okay, like we just planned it out in about 30 seconds. We were like, we're going to tabletop Taylor. And then I was like, just distract him. And so my friend was like, he like ran up to Taylor and was like, what the hell? You just did one of those classic sort of like, what is that kind of things? Like looking in one direction. And then my other friend got down behind him and then I pushed him over and he fell down a hill. It was so good, dude. No, oh, no.
1: What? I don't know like what, I don't, I don't understand how you trick someone. I don't follow that. But what I will say... You've never tabletopped that, anyone? dude. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
0: But They had to have done that at Nelson. There's no way. Like the
1: more I, ha- I talk to these city people, the mm-hmm. more they're like, like... They've just never done anything remotely like that. And they're like, that's me. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's yeah. just what we did with our friends growing up. Like it was just It's just physical abuse in the country. Like that is yeah. fun in the country, because you don't have anything. You just have each other.
0: Right. Well, do you remember the knockout challenge? Like, we did all sorts of stupid shit. Like, millennials nowadays, they have this whole, like, hoity-toity, just hypocritical nature towards Gen Z kids where they're like, oh, they're eating Tide Pods. They're idiots. We're not idiots. And then I'm like, yeah, but, like, when I was growing up, there was kids getting in trouble for the knockout game because people were getting seriously hurt, you know?
1: I never played the knockout game, and neither did you. That's the game where people just ran up to each other and punched each other in the face to try and knock
0: them out. That was like a video, a YouTube video thing, right? No, that was the knockout. That Oh, actually, you're right. That was the knockout challenge. The knockout challenge was the YouTube thing. The knockout game was something that uh, people did where they would press on each other's chests in a weird way. Do you remember this? And it basically made you... Um, yeah, you could, like... If you, like, pressed on someone's chest a bunch, like, you basically did CPR on people, and it made them, like, have a... Uh, Kind of like, lightheaded, a lightheaded thing that would happen. That's what I'm saying.
1: It's just like millennials in the country that did this shit. I know. Well, my Every buddy, millennial that I meet in the city, they're like, yes, I like? Do you remember <laughs> Pokemon?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I remember Pokemon."
0: <laughs> so, like, remember when you stole your your uh, dad's keys to his Jag, and stole it and went on a joyride? And I'm like, "No, actually, I didn't do that one. I was just it, tabletopping my friends in the I don't meet <laughs> people
1: who do that. I don't meet like Wiley Trust Fund kids. I just meet like kids that are like, do you remember the PlayStation 2? And they're, like, <laughs> they're not even like that. Just, I don't know. Millennials are, weird, man. millennials are such a big generation. Like our generation is like from age 24, I don't know. It's like 23 now or something. It's lower than you think all the way to like age 40. So there's like 40, like 40 people who are 40 years old are, te- are considered
0: millennials. I think it's only people who are like 36.
1: Whatever. I mean, it depends on where you look. These are loosely drawn lines. There is I think no, like, if, I, if I remember. Government
0: defined, you know. I think there is. Uh, I don't remember. I would, you know, what? I'm not even, I'm not gonna look it up wrong. right now. But You're as wrong. far as far as I know, the last time I looked this up, either on Wikipedia or one of those like websites with metrics, um, it was that millennials are everyone born between, I believe, 1984 and like 1998 or maybe 2000 or something. It's like basically the later 80s and 90s. Those are millennials and then Gen Z kids are everyone who's like born past the 2000 mark. I think.
1: I'm looking it up right now because I don't think like I'm pretty sure if, 90- you, if you look at the source at the bottom of Wikipedia, like I'm on the page right now. There's a million sources. CNBC, Euro, Euro News. Yeah, but Euro there's one official news. one. HuffPost. post.
0: Mm
1: generation x yeah i'm just going through the generations
0: yeah gen y is 1980
1: to 1994 uh, this
0: is so dumb why are we doing this because we're I, we're I nerds. hate that i
1: left the charge
0: <laughs> i led <left> the
1: charge
0: <laughs> you did lead the charge um uh, well we're talking like... about opportunities today we're gooning off on some opportunities music. is that what this podcast is about I thought Doesn't like it Doesn't sound
1: like it, Rob. I thought it was not, I mean, not at all. Yeah, so, it so far it really didn't sound like it. opportunities that come from having so much change in the world so quickly.
0: Uh, Pew Research Center decided a year ago, 1996 is the last birth year for millennials. Um, 1981 and 1996 is what Pew Research.
1: Um, yeah, who's Pew? Who
0: cares? The Pew Research you know? Center is like a—it's a huge research center. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take Pew over anyone. Pew's good.
1: Okay, Pew
0: Pew. Pew Pew. <laughs> hey, it's got a .org, okay, so you know it's legit. You can't just get those. You can't just yes, buy those. Yes, <laughs> no, you can. No, you can't. You can't just buy those, Taj. I
1: was listening to someone earlier who was like, I have a .org now on a podcast. <laughs> you he is not like an official. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how the internet works. Who am I kidding? <clears throat> You There's can't just. I know only the .govs. I know only the .govs can get the .govs.
0: Mm. Although, actually, that I do think is wrong. I'm pretty sure that uh, the the I, I remember seeing an article last year about like some company that swooped in and bought like you know 300 .gov domains or something that was just like some Russian company or something.
1: Yeah, because they can't. Because like, if our country goes, because they went up for hey, sale, You can't have .gov. If our country tells you and me, you can't have .gov. Then we go, yes, the Government. Was that racist? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I'm <laughs> not <That laughs> sure who you channeled just there, but... Um, damn
1: whatever, dude. <laughs> My point is, is that we're all bitches to our government, increasingly so, and it sucks, but it's probably not that bad.
0: Anyway. Um, all right, so anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're talking about opportunities. In case you guys are just tuning in, we've been talking about opportunities for the last <laughs> 30 minutes
1: have we so. are you actually going to start the podcast at the
0: beginning or are you going to start here oh no i'm going to start at the beginning uh, you know 30 minutes ago when we started talking about opportunities that's when the podcast will start um yeah and then all of this great content you know uh, anyway <laughs> i'll never understand you
1: anyway the point is is that like if the government goes hey russia you're not allowed to have these domains russia goes yep yeah.
0: Cool. Well, I think the way it actually works is that people are like, people are like uh, set precedents. Just like so many things, it's like there's precedence set, and then there's there's no laws. So it's like the gov, de, the whoever was had their fingers on the a certain amount of .gov domains, put them up for sale, and just someone bought them because it's not illegal, <laughs> and that was it. They were like, oh, we'll buy these, and they were like, well, you're not supposed to. <laughs> it's not supposed to be you, private sector
1: i guess i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know about enough about that world
0: yeah you don't need to the internet's all a hoax anyway it's it's on the way out
1: <clears throat> oh yeah what's gonna replace
0: it oh you know <laughs> something <laughs> something better i don't have the name i don't have the brand but you know and i know that the this is true
1: yeah de-centralized well a lot of the internet will also make an internet
0: out of our phones well okay so first of all there's not just the internet right this is, I mean, I'm no expert on internet services and technology, but I know for a fact that there's many networks. The internet that we think of as the internet is just the World Wide Web. It's just the only like sanctioned official one. You know, there's regulatory agencies that say this is the internet and that's the World Wide Web, but it's only one network. There's all these other dark nets that exist that have like, some of them have thousands of nodes. They're just not sanctioned as official internet networks. So in the future, I'm guessing since decentralization is becoming sort of a big topic amongst tech people, that the World Wide Web will no longer be the central source for internet, for people. It's going to become more distributed. That's my yeah, guess.
1: Not something that I know about, but that is an interesting idea.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because it's not, it's not necessary, once technology gets to a certain point, it's not necessary to have to route everything through one network like this. You know, it's in the same way you think of like Bluetooth, right? Like Bluetooth, my phone communicates to my Fitbit on my wrist, not through the internet because it doesn't need to go through that network. It goes through a Bluetooth network between it and itself. They're both nodes on the same connection. So I think that's how I see the future. The future is all these little private networks making connections and never routing through a central thing. Just little node-based things. Yeah,
1: maybe. I, just didn't, I kind of zoned out for that. I kind of see what you're saying, though. Um, yeah. I get get the concept.
0: I think it would be more secure that way. Because half of security problems in the internet are people hacking unprotected nodes. You know, every time you add a node somewhere, every laptop's a node. So if you have a laptop with no security and someone hacks it, then they have suddenly this new way into the Do you have
1: trouble, like, looking at, I always look at myself during these things. And I don't know why. And I think it's because, like, do you look at me or do you look at you more? Because I'm, like, right there and I never see myself.
0: Are you, well, Dispenze, are you in spook? Are you in speaker view? Are you in the are, view our where- Our
1: faces are right next to you. Yeah, I'm in speaker.
0: Are you sure you're not in gallery view, where they're the same size?
1: Not, well, I was in gallery, and now I'm in speaker.
0: Okay, I always do gallery view, because I find it more, feels more normal.
1: I can focus on you. Yeah, I'm going to try. I just want to focus on you. I, I don't even want to see my face. And like right now- Dude,
0: I feel you. I, sometimes you're I wake a, up in the morning and I don't even want dicks, to see my bro. body dude
1: you're a bag of dicks
0: wow that's well that's harsh I'm gonna to have to take a second to collect myself
1: what happened to this podcast I thought that we were so uh, about- welcome back to the
0: podcast we've been talking about opportunities here I have with and Natasha Blank uh, we've, <laughs> ta- we've been talking about opportunities for the last uh you know 30 40 minutes uh <laughs> what are you eating my dude That doesn't look like anything I've ever seen before. (laughs) This is garlic
1: naan, bro. It's naan. Like I said, (laughs) dude, you East Coasters that like live in the boondocks who just drink fuel and like, damn right. And like eat cardboard. Oh, dude, I was talking to my friend, and she like lives in the middle of nowhere, Massachusetts. She was talking about this. She's like, all these restaurants say they're restaurants, and all they serve is pizza. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it's like in the country. Restaurants serve pizza. That's what it is. Yep. Um, I just think that's funny, just forgetting how bad the food is, just not in the city.
0: I know. It's like not even Huel sometimes. You go places and then you're <laughs> expecting like some quality <laughs> Huel, at least Huel black, you know, like at least the how protein. How much
1: Huel do you drink a day? What's the, what's the recommended daily serving size of Huel and how much do you drink?
0: Well, because they're like a company that knows what what's up, they don't actually recommend any limit <laughs> on their product because <laughs> they're like it's fine, probably fine, no matter what. Uh, so this is 400 calories. As for my viewers, I'm holding up my bottle of uh, the food of the future, which is known as fuel. Uh, 400. Man, I wish I was getting paid for this. <laughs> it's 400. <laughs> 400. Like, like Jesus. Um, it's 400 calories, so you can drink as many as you want. They say. To have a two thousand calorie a day diet, right? For most people, so the Huel says like. Why is
1: this better than? To, let, I feel like I, I, I feel done. like your spokesperson. Why is this better than Soylent? Like, why is it different? Uh,
0: there's a couple the reasons. Base, the well, base there's a is
1: wheat and not soy is up thing.
0: And base is oat. Okay. Um, of regular of regular Huel, I believe that the Huel Black is actually a different base. I think it's pea protein instead of oat protein, so. There's a lot, I mean, the science, science, you know, body chemistry science is pretty stupid. Everyone's body is different. But overall, uh, Soylent uses soy, which has a lot of different strange effects on people. Some would consider it negative. Uh, and if you drink a lot of soy. Like
1: increasing can, your uh, estrogen levels, which will get boobs.
0: I've you read that. Them. I've read that that there is a correlation between raised heightened estrogen levels in people.
1: Well, they'll increase your boobs no matter what. I mean, like. Yeah, basically
0: soy, you get boobs. So, like, if you if want the environmentalists
1: boobs, win, yeah, <laughs> and everything becomes soy, everyone's gonna have huge boobies.
0: Yeah. So I drink my fuel, so I can get a gut, and not so I can get boobs. I have seen my priorities. I just want a big tum, uh, and then a flat chest. That's what I want. So I drink oats, Huel, flat chest, big tum. <laughs> I was paid zero dollars to say that. <laughs> Congratulations, me. so anyway how long
1: before Huel's a sponsor of your podcast that's the real question (laughs) god too
0: long that's all i know i can't believe that it's not a i can't believe it's not a sponsor the amount of times the amount of times that i say this word i actually so i used to wear my huell shirt like just one of those you know free shirts they send you to ultimate frisbee in Charlottesville, and people people thought i was a like a secret Huel rep (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like trying to infiltrate the community. <laughs> I, would th-
1: I would just think that you're an affiliate marketer,
0: and you're Fast. Like, Yeah, same thing. A Huel rep, a guy, a guy who makes money off of you buying Huel since you saw me do it. You know, like an influencer, like a Huel influencer.
1: A Huel influencer, if you will.
0: You know, they actually call them hooligans <laughs> That's <laughs> um, not a joke. Well, it's funny, but it's still that's uh, real.
1: really dumb.
0: <laughs> yep. It's dumb, but it's so good. So it's kind of like balances out. You know. Does it
1: affect the way that you think and like do stuff and like
0: act and like feel? Um. Well, I mean, it gives me terrible farts. That's the main thing. So
1: yeah,
0: that changes the way I act socially because I try not to fart terrible farts around people.
1: <laughs> so I have
0: to. It changes my physical movement in my environment sometimes. <laughs> other than other than that, I don't think it. Really what do affects you do? People.
1: Do you just like? <laughs> You're just like, are you in the middle of a conversation and you're like, hold on a second.
0: Yeah, no, I just dip out. That's what you do. No, you don't even say, hold on. You just, you give them an old Irish goodbye. And then you, uh, you know, and then you come back later and they're like, did you go fart over there? And you're like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hey, I'm just looking out, you know. It was weird, but at least it's not as bad as me just like crop dusting you with some oat farts right now. Because that's pretty rough.
1: Fuel stock price should go up, man, because... And all these corporate office people can just be alone in their house making fuel fights with before they're probably too embarrassed to drink fuel in front of all the homies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, you know, we've been talking about opportunities for a good, you know, 45 minutes now. And uh, I think one thing that I'm interested in is the opportunities of businesses like Huel and Soylent and the rest. I think there's another one called, I don't remember, but there's another major competitor and the sort of meal replacement companies Especially in a, if there is any sort of disruption of like agricultural supply chains, you know. Recessions and depressions have often come with harder access to food, to certain staples. So I'm curious to know if the way that they make their Go into fuel, that,
1: one. Well, that,
0: one. Well, I mean, think about, you know, like, so I've had a lot of people, a lot of people have been sort of trying to figure out whether or not this recession which a lot of people have accepted, what we're in is a an economic downturn to either recession or depression levels. I have had a lot of people talk to me about whether or not it's going to be more similar to the recession that we had sort of post, you know, 2008 meltdown, or if it's going to be more similar to the kind of depression that we had in like you know 1929. Is that when the is that the Great Depression started? That's
1: when the stock. I think that's when the stock market. Yeah. Initially. That was back. when
0: Black Friday was right. Not not Black Friday. Sorry, Black Monday. <laughs>
1: I don't know, man.
0: That was when the stock market so crashed, term. 1929, I believe.
1: Well, I, was was on I don't remember exactly, but apparently it crashed like 40%, and then it went back up.
0: That's it? That so was it a crash? To no, today. no, no, and oh. then it
1: crashed 80%.
0: Oh, so, see, that's... Right? So imagine that's... if
1: you had like 100 grand in your 401k, and then it went down 40%, and you're like, I'm going to buy on the dip, bro. and you right. bought on the dip, and then your 100 grand and whatever else you invested turned into $20,000. And then it took like i don't know a decade to get back up to where it was or something i, I don't know maybe that's wrong five years
0: i mean, no no you're happened. right i think they took a long the, de- the great depression was pretty long i think there's well, a lot of, the of 30s well, we already. had
1: a financial shift like i think that's when we went off the gold standard so our money went from being based on um a metal that does very little as far as i can tell to imaginary numbers that do very little in in practical terms um
0: except for gold is used in like all high level circuitry so it's a little bit practical
1: yeah but in, but in terms of like its industrial use it's not like like the amount of gold that it takes to be in like a computer or something is like i don't know a tiny amount like if you you could it might be worth googling right now but it's like a thousandth of a fucking ounce or something which means there's like i don't know maybe twenty dollars or thirty dollars or something worth of gold in your computer so like the computer is the actual Computer is an actual asset, I think, because it has utility. I was actually right. just emailing with your dad about this because I'm like, I don't understand how like currency is always based on something that has no utility. Like, yes. it used to be based on something that had utility, like in the whatever teen hundreds where salt was the currency right. it was hard to get salt and salt is useful. We need salt.
0: Well, what's the expression? Doug is Doug Horning is who you're talking about, and he does he does know he knows everything about the currency history and like the current, I don't know, everything to do with currency exchange and trade in the world. Um, And so, and then how that relates to gold. But what does he talk, he always, he uses an expression. um, He says the dollar is the reserve currency of the world, right, isn't that what he says? And And it used to be, and it's always tied to something. And he said the dollar, one of the things was it used to be tied to the, there's always a standard that backs the reserve currency of commerce, which is what our currency is. It's still the reserve currency of commerce, I believe, and that's because it's backed by pe- uh, petroleum. You have to trade OPEC petroleum. Oh yeah, was he talking in about that?
1: Was that your podcast or my podcast that he was talking about that? On? He
0: he mentions he mentions it a lot because it's like an important the whole petrol dollar deal. Uh, I he probably talked about it on both. I mean, it's a big part of how America's global trade remains so high. Is that people need dollars to buy OPEC oil, and so they have to trade to get dollars. They have to get our dollars somehow, so they have to trade us stuff so that we'll buy it from them and give them our dollars. That's like, yeah. you know, it forces I mean, other countries to trade with us, <clears throat> which is yeah. pretty baller.
1: But, I mean, I think the reason we have, I don't know. I don't know why we have a reserve currency. It might just be because we have a lot of military control over the world, but I think it's like there are reasons also why there is a reserve currency. It's like, for us, to some degree, is I could be wrong on this but like it is based on trust and belief and like uh Peter Thiel actually talks a lot about this and he's like you have you're supposed to have a situation where the developed world the quote unquote developed world um invests in the undeveloped world and that's like a whole other thing but like you you know because they have more room to to grow essentially mm. that's the that's the common belief but we have a situation where like Um, apparently there's a lot of Chinese peasants that save their money in dollars and invest in the U S and so they don't, they're like, they're investing in a world that's already quote unquote developed, um, which is like kind of the opposite of the travel of dollars. Like it's supposed to be, we, like we with money, look at places and say like, how can we improve this place and, um, invest our money and get a return and also help the people. Um, but that's not really what's happening anymore
0: interesting yeah I, n- I never heard that idea of the development the developing the developed countries helping fund under- well, it's like, countries, it's not it makes like, sense Trials. yeah i mean
1: think about like if you're like someone who's a banana farmer and you make up like i don't know i'm totally making this number up but if you're some farmer who farms some crop some undifferentiated crop and let's some, just say
0: bananas as an let's example let's say bananas yeah, yeah banana farmer <clears throat>
1: and you make i don't know $1000 a year It's like you're not going to call me up in the United States and say, Hey, I make a thousand dollars a year. I have an extra hundred dollars. Let me give you my hundred dollars and like, and you can, and you can make more money. It's more likely that you'd be like someone, I would call them and I would say, Hey, um, I can help you scale your banana farm. Here's a whole year's worth of your salary, buy more land, farm more bananas and give me a cut of what you sell right? Like that's a much more lot because like if $100 to me is like, you know, that's you, that's my utility bill. Whereas like in another country, you can actually put it to use and, and produce more. Um, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's just my interpretation of it. Uh, but I don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about like really kind of broad, big scale stuff. And I think that like,
0: well, we were talking about, we got off track with this whole gold standard thing, but we were talking about the recession slash the depression, and if we, I was sort of saying before um, that if we're going into a depression, if this isn't a recession similar to 2008, but more like a depression similar to the 30s, then we might have food rationing slash food shortages again, like they did back in the in that time. Um, you know, well, fact, so they. I was listening to something with...
1: that was interesting. It was fascinating. Mm -hmm. And it was this dude who was kind of just like, he was clearly a country dude and he was a quote-unquote preparer. Um, A preparer. Yeah, which is like what other people often call, I don't know, whatever the people are that like store guns and food and, you know, in some bunker underground. Oh, yeah,
0: like a doomsday
1: person. Right, 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 right. He was calling himself a preparer. And I was like, okay, this is what this culture of people might call themselves. And he was like, in the Depression – Maybe it wasn't this guy. Maybe I'm reading it somewhere else. But in the Depression, there was apparently food. They didn't. They couldn't pay the people to farm the food in some places because they didn't have enough money to pay them. So there was all these food going rotten on farms. But then in other places, the people were starving because they couldn't get the food. Um, right. So, like, it was this weird economic thing. So I do think that, like, I think I was saying this on on the podcast we together did together on my podcast which was like i you know the core the core industry things will be huge and because we have the benefit of information we'll be able to see where there's gaps and gaps in the system and and fill them
0: right and that was you know i'm trying to think was that how in the 30s was that back when they started was that when the, all the issues with hiring the mexican illegals started too I have no idea. I think that was when it really started. That really catalyzed that issue because there was all this trouble of they couldn't get people to work in the fields. All these, all these people. Although I could be wrong. This could be that could be post World War II. One of the one of the two. There was this weird thing where like they couldn't find anyone to work the fields, and that was like Operation Wetbacks. Well, that's that's what like, I
1: just. That's how I started that whole story that I just went on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I said they can't get people to work in the fields. Right. Yeah they didn't have enough money to pay them the farmers didn't have money um because they're because their their whole savings
0: like disappeared and he was saying this was this is what happened in the depression yeah okay i mean that makes sense
1: i don't know the mechanics of it i'm trying to learn more mechanics of the depression i do think that
0: like yeah i bet a lot of people are gonna in this in this you know i bet the google search (laughs) what was the depression like Probably coming up a lot.
1: Yeah, maybe. I haven't checked Google. I haven't seen that on Google Trends. Um but what? Why are okay. you making that do face? You, do you daily do you check Google Trends? <laughs> i started checking Google Trends. Ah, okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> what is that place about?
0: Nothing. Okay. <laughs> cool. I actually
1: started to um I started to check YouTube, my YouTube and someone else's like trending channel to see if they're the same to see if Google gives you different trending based on their data on you. And oh, they, they were the I, same.
0: They were the same? No. Yeah. Man, man, that surprises me. We're talking about Google here. <laughs> All right. Google didn't have specific targeting for you and your friend. That seems yeah. weird. Uh, my favorite is that for a long time, I didn't follow anyone on Twitter, and I didn't set any of my preferences, and so they would just try to kick me the craziest things that they said were trending, because they had no idea what I wanted. Huh. It was great. It was like, a lot of it was uh, non-American issues, interestingly enough, and what now it's that? not. Like what? Uh, like things that, like uh, like a lot of things that have to do with like soccer players. This was like months ago, you know, like Things like that, like major sporting things that weren't just like the fo- like football, the National Football League and stuff and basketball, because they were trending really f- like high on Twitter in general. So I got to see all these things that I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> you um, know, like never heard of it. Things are that's mostly really what
1: from. I see on Twitter and like why I like Twitter. Because Twitter trending is like, it's always some esoteric community that I'm like,
0: what are really? these people about? I feel like Twitter trending is just always Donald Trump shit. They're always telling me to follow him. There's
1: always like a few. There's always like some
0: Donald Trump
1: shit. There's always, I mean, it's mostly some anti-Donald Trump shit that's trending. It's like that usually has a
0: one to five hashtags. Okay, so it, it says right now. Trump if I, is
1: handling the Yeah, if I go to
0: my, my Twitter trends, uh, f- I don't know, three of them, I don't know what they are. And then the fourth one is OMG Trump. So it's always, he's always yeah. got a trending thing. Always. And that's trends yeah. for me. So if I uncheck that, it gives me United States trends.
1: Oh, shit. I didn't even realize there was a check thing. Where is that? It's under the gear. Show content trends for you. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, and you can also do show content in this location. Um, I never want to see trends for me. (laughs) So now you can see worldwide trends if you undo both of those. And this is what I was talking about with stuff that I didn't know what was going on. See, if you click worldwide trends for me, the third one is is some word that's not Dude. English. It's like Kukus Marina Fialmas. They're
1: making a Dune remake Co- until C- Timothy th- Shalalala Timothy Shalalame. Yeah,
0: I don't really watch Timothy Shalala, but I do like Dune. Dude, Dude trending worldwide number nine, Ja Rule. What? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> ja Rule. Yeah.
1: Ivanka and
0: Jared. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, yep, I don't care about almost anything that's going on in the world. This is why I don't do. That's why I don't do Twitter. It's, it's so funny today. Like yeah, it was amazing. Like one thing that's hard is you know like thinking doing this type of podcast. You know, talk with you about like the opportunities of this. Uh, what's going on right now is like I don't know why, but I still haven't quite figured out how to pay attention to things that are going on because even today, my mom emailed me about the stimulus checks that the government is sending people. And I had completely forgotten that that was even a thing that was happening. Like it was not even, not even anywhere in my brain. I was like, oh yeah, the government like decided to send everyone a thousand dollars. That's crazy. I wonder if I'm going to get mine. (laughs) Yeah. Did I
1: tell you? I don't know. I heard somewhere, private podcast where it was like, I apparently did that in China. When the people were all like protesting, they sent everyone a thousand dollars. You mean in Hong Kong? Yeah, apparently. those protests. I don't know. Um, but uh, that's like the new solution for the government. Just
0: send them a thousand bucks. It's not even new. That's the best part. <laughs> it's been the solution always. Right. They're just like, right, just pay them. <laughs> print, print more money. Yeah. Make more money from not. I mean, I think there's two different types of people
1: right now. Or there's people in two different camps. And like, those camps, there's a lot of overlap, but everyone is spending, or a lot of people are spending a certain percentage of their day, applying for government aid, probably, whether they're a corporation or lobbying or whatever, or, you know, an individual versus actually doing stuff that improves the economy, like, I don't know,
0: working. Um, (laughs) But, Well, a lot of these people in the restaurant industry, I feel, or feel bad, because I don't know, I don't know what they what options they have you know for someone like me who's already used to freelancing it's not not a lot has changed other than if anything well, so this changed, is the my competition stage. is hype.
1: like now is the time i mean the way i see it is that like this isn't the real hit the real hit's going to play out over the next two years probably this is my guess and like now is the time I don't know, man. I mean, there's different philosophies here. You can either just like, there's a lot of problems, go solve one. So like you and me talking about the restaurant industry, it's like a lot of these restaurant industry, like they need to figure out how to do delivery. And some of these really small restaurants, like don't, this is, this, the follow the following is just advice for people who want to make cash now, or it's not even advice. It's just like, this is what I see. This is what I'm doing and will be doing, which is like, go to restaurants and try and help them. And it's like, that's going to be better than sitting around watching Netflix all day. Like, you're going to make connections and like, maybe you can't help, but like help, you know, maybe help them set up for delivery. Or like, if you're really uncreative and uninnovative, and you're just like, I just need cash now, then like why you're not signed up for Instacart if you have a car is beyond me. Like Instacart will get you signed up overnight because that everyone went on strike. And then it's like, I'm signed up for Instacart. I'm not even driving it right now, but like, right. what are you
0: smiling about? Just everyone to, I love the. I love the sort of the. You know, it's like, hey, you should do this. Everyone is on strike. <laughs> that's that's such a great sort of like. It's great, trust me. So everyone who does it, uh, they hate it so much that they don't want to do it anymore. Collectively, all of them, and uh, so you should really do it. It's like a hard. It's no, like a they great just. Style. I mean,
1: probably they want more money, but the idea is that like. <laughs> I know. I'm not saying it's not like, but it's it's a great situation to be in. I mean, it sucks. No, it's not. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'll like, a, this isn't like the, the all the stuff I'm gonna talk or talking about right now. I'm curious to hear your opinion. But it's not like this is how you're gonna get rich. It's like this is how you're gonna like survive when all of your friends are getting evicted and like going back to live with their parents back in whatever state they're you're from. Mm-hmm. they're from this is how you're gonna survive in the coming years this isn't like ooh, this is like so like look at me like being a free bird driving you know uber it's like no like this is to survive to like be a player and keep doing what you want to do where you want to do it in the long term um like there's a lot of people right now that are just sitting at home going Like, man, I'm going to get another, like, salary position. I'm looking for a job. And it's, like, all those jobs are going to be gone for a couple years. Yeah. Like, how are you going to pay cash? How are you going to pay your rent for the next two years? Are you going to look for a job and take out, I don't know, $40,000 in loans to pay a basic living expense? Or are you going to just, like, do something, take a hit to your ego, and, like, sign up for
0: an app that needs you because there's a lot of demand you know do you think what do you think the actual conversion to the gig economy is going to be of all these people who are not used to it like as a more like a more that's a difficult conversion. that's a
1: broad thing to answer my friend who lives it in bum, bum f nowhere is running two doordash accounts at the same time right now said she made a minimum <laughs> of 180 in six hours that's 30 dollars an hour and she's making she usually makes two to three hundred so I mean that's that's income that doesn't include gas depreciation on the car whatever but uh, like there's all these markets right now where like people haven't even heard of delivery where DoorDash is spending huge marketing dollars in the form of free delivery to get these people on the right. on the delivery train just get used to eating part of your meals getting delivered to your door um that have never heard of it <laughs> and like That is that's a play in the same way that me making forty or fifty dollars an hour last summer when everyone was like, electric bikes, we're just gonna leave electric bikes everywhere. I was like, no, I'm like all these like privileged Harvard people that are just like giving money to angel funds or whoever's doing it, Silicon Valley, whatever, they're just Mm -hmm. paying a bunch of cash to try and get this thing launched, and that cash is coming to me. Maybe that's kind of a zero-sum crappy mentality, but it's like I don't have time to sit around, like I don't have the capital and all of these hundreds of thousands of Americans or maybe millions of Americans aren't going to have the capital to just sit around and be like, oh, Tesla's down 40%. I think I'll buy some share, you know, like yeah. there's people that are hurting right now. yeah, um, And like take the money from, from <laughs> you know, from Silicon Valley or, what you know, whatever, like that and help them launch their thing, and take your cut. I got a lot but, of energy doing this.
0: Yeah. I think this, you know, the the whole gig economy does seem trendy, but I also think it's just the future. Like, I think that the, yeah. the, the whole sort of, like, people having a matrix of income is just going to become way more common, I think. You know, yeah. people people cashing small micro check not even you know cashing checks is not even gonna be a thing because it's,
1: it's, be- it's so it's so like i'm not sitting around like one people like freedom which the gig economy offers you to some degree it offers you freedom of character you may have to work during the busy hours some people do some people don't
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but you have the freedom to wear what you want and say more or less what you want more than like if you work for a company like, right. and um, and beyond that, it's like, it sort of just, get, it just gives you more agency, you start thinking about yourself as a business rather as someone that's just like, like, you have work, it, your work goes up and down with supply and demand. So you have your pulse on like, what's going on in the economy more for one, Um, which I think just will make you a better entrepreneur and probably a better investor in the long term, but also like, it's it's actually logical. Corporations don't have to like pay you a bunch more, like the you know the idea of get, just getting paid a hundred thousand dollars during a a flush time and a and a downtime at the same time, like that only really works for really high end workers, mm-hmm. and the mass majority of people aren't high end workers. So like if you think about that for like a daily worker in an industry that has ups and downs, but they're still getting paid on like a weekly or salary schedule. And they maybe have to like do employment, employment, pay employment benefits and all this stuff too. Which, I mean, in 2009, I think that's when it changed or whenever Obamacare came into play, that's when it changed things because people used to have full-time workers. And then they were like, no, we're going to make everyone part-time, which means we're going to have more employees. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but this is, I'm pretty... I am I know I'm hitting kind of the right general area. They made everyone part-time employees because they were like, well, we can't pay for everyone's health insurance. That's just like not in the model of a restaurant or a coffee shop. So we're going to make everyone, or just even like any minimum wage job. They're like, that's not in the model. So we just have to make everyone part-time, which... Um, Wait, are you saying Obamacare
0: made people part-time? Or are you saying the reaction to Obamacare <laughs> was that... So, you know,
1: it's like the idea is that like government can set policy and set laws that will, will change things, but they may not change things exactly right the government's like let's say, let's say that this was honestly the government school and they were like, we're going to make it so that like, if you have a full time employee, you have to pay for their health insurance. I think this is, this is an Obamacare thing. Okay, Um, could be. Not like sure. you have to have, you legally have to have health insurance in this country if you make a certain amount of money or, uh, yeah, I could be wrong on this, but then- If so you're like, like
0: over 30 hours a week yeah, or something. Yeah, there's, there's
1: or you have to have like, it costs companies more in, in, in regulation, in stuff that they have to pay because of regulations to have you work whatever a full work schedule is in hours. a lot of states versus a not full work schedule. I think it's 30 at the federal level
0: like federally you know.
1: i don't i don't think maybe or they have to pay you overtime right there's a legal overtimes thing so they're like they don't want to pay anyone overtime because that sucks up all the profit so what they'll do is they'll get more employees and they'll be like okay you got to go home but then we'll have this other employee come in and work up to their 30 hours so we don't have to pay them overtime so maybe it's not health insurance i, I don't really know the nuances that I don't, I'm not a business owner with employees, but the point is, mm-hmm. is that got companies used to just managing more employees. And then people were like, oh, I can't live on 30 hours a week at my one job, so I'll get two jobs. So now I'm working 60 hours a week. So rather than working 40 hours a week at one job and getting paid and having health insurance and living, like we did prior to 2008, 2009-ish time, again, I don't know when, when all the laws came into play, but this is kind of what happened people started to have part-time jobs. So they do Uber and they'd have a 30 hour a week job or right. a, you know what have you. Um, and so now what's happening is all those, even part-time jobs, at least for the next two months, all of those are wiped out. So people mm-hmm. are like completely depend. There's, I, I imagine that this is what's happening. This is kind of what I see, which is either people are completely dependent on, they're saying, man, I'm giving up, I'm taking a break. The government's gonna give me $600 a week, I'm gonna be unemployed, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Or, right. so you, you're or, saying they're, they're giving up looking for other work and they're just kind of phoning it in.
1: Well, they think, yeah, they think that they're incentivized to do nothing because that's what it seems like on the surface in a lot of ways. You
0: do, however, like, you do have to say you're looking for work as part of unemployment.
1: Sure, sure. Quote, unquote, you have to say. Sure, 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 sure. And maybe they are looking for work and they can't find anything. But right. it's like, there's also places that are like, hey, we're hiring um and people are like we can't work there it's unsafe and i get that that's fine like you don't want to work unsafe i get that that makes sense what i'm saying is because all of these certain income streams are wiped out um uh the the only income that people have right now for uh, the mass of mass part of our population is gig work Mm -hmm. right um, or they're searching for a job in an industry with a lot of demand. And there's a lot of people, I imagine, that are white-collar that like maybe used to be, like, I know this because I was one of them, right. um, and they're going, they're just, they're, they're thinking about, do I want to go get another white-collar job, or do I want to transition into another thing? And right. what I'm saying is, is some of these people will not have an option for the next two years, or the next however long it takes to recover. But but the problem is is people are thinking about this as a two week or a three week thing, when, for them, for a, a large subset of the population, it's going to be a lot longer. Let me give right. an example. Okay. So like, if you if you do anything, let's say it's a hobby, or a you run a business or whatever. When you leave that business, when you just stop doing it cold turkey for two months, mm-hmm. or or two years or whatever, and then you come back to it. What are you doing over there?
0: I'm popping my knuckles.
1: Okay. And then you come back to it, right? Do you do it the same as you did it before? Or do you look at it with a whole different perspective? Because you, your mind has changed. You've changed. You have a different creative outlook. You've maybe learned stuff in the interim. But you, when you take a break from doing something daily, that when you come back to it, at least when I come back to it, I do it so differently that mm-hmm. some stuff I'll stop doing completely because I'll come... I've completely forgotten about it. And some stuff I'll be doing new. I always do it better, I think, right? I've always sort of yeah. refined, right? Like for you, maybe it's music, right? You don't make beats, beats for a few years. You come back to it. You do, use a different program and you're like, uh, some of those people are going to be the difference. People are going to be like, hey, you know, our restaurant was closed down for two months. We set up a bunch of delivery. We actually realized that like we can do delivery more efficiently. So we're cutting our bottom 20% of servers right. of, wait, of wait staff. For the top 80%, they're like, okay, maybe my life's a little different, but I'm still making a paycheck, whatever. Maybe they make a little worse money because there's fewer people going out because there's fewer white collar jobs happening, right? So they, their their income, so for 80% of the re- those restaurant workers, their income drops to maybe 80%, right? They're mm-hmm. holding on. For some people that wipes them out. They go, I was already living on the edge. I'm going back to live with my parents. So they move home. Right. For for the other 20%, they are now unemployed.
0: <laughs> so right. like
1: no matter, no matter what, or they're just, one of their income streams is completely wiped out. So, um,
0: well, because the businesses are getting used to not having them. Any business that survives when it furloughs all its employees, it's going to be a hard sell to be like, why don't you bring all those employees back? Because they're going to be like, well, we kind of found we didn't need most of them.
1: Which right. is what happened in 2008.
0: Right. I mean, and that's, yeah. So I, I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of that. And that, I mean, so, this is, yeah, I kind so of, my, I was, my point. Sorry, so just yeah, let keep me, going. can I
1: draw it back? Yeah. So my point is when I'm like, Hey, you should sign up for this crappy job. It's because like right now I can't sign up for Uber Eats. I see a dude biking around every day on an electric bike who goes, yeah, I usually make 180, $200 a day on Uber Eats. I can't even sign up because Uber Eats actually has all the drivers they need. <laughs> right they say sign up sign up sign up right. you sign up you can't get a hold of their customer customer service whatever right i'm gonna pretend it's not Uber Eats. let's just call it x company anyway. yeah. allegedly so i want to work for yeah. you Uber Eats. i want to work for, um <laughs> but like <laughs> but the point is is people are like oh i can always go work a gig job and you're like no because savvy people like me who've been living this and understand mm-hmm. this stuff are signing up for this stuff and then when I lose one stream of income, I will just shift over to the other one. Because right. let's say that people stop ordering so much food out or demand, right? They don't actually need unlimited drivers. Right. And so like two in, two in a year or six months or however, when you're down the road and you're going, wow, my income is taking a hit now. Now I should go sign up for Uber Eats. It's going to be a lot harder. yeah or you're not gonna be able to do it. So I'm not saying sign up for Uber Eats, it's so great, and start working 30 hours a week doing it. I'm saying sign up for it now, because it's not like, some, you don't, it's not like a real job, and this is what no one understands who hasn't done it. You sign up for it, and then you're in the system, and then you can just turn the app on and, and make money when and that's want. the
0: on-demand part of the gig thing is that you can it's on demand for the users but it's also on demand for the workers you can work right exactly
1: so yeah. it's, it's like i'm not you know i'm not saying i'm saying set up it's it's smart where what i'm looking at doing and i want to know maybe i'm wrong but like i'm just trying to hedge my bets what it's smart to do is to set up hedges for when all of these people like in my case it's los angeles where people there's a there's a rent more there's a moratorium on eviction so all these people are sitting around going i can't get evicted like right when in reality they're gonna owe full rent in 12 months and they're like oh i'll just make it later and i'm like bro you were barely paying rent in the first place you think you're just gonna all of a sudden in a recession in a whatever you're just gonna make what 12 times to, what you need what you yeah. need to make now in mm-hmm. addition to all the new money you owe like there's So when all of those people are moving out and rents are dropping, or like there's there's evictions or foreclosures, maybe if they're own their home and they have that mentality, like uh sorry, where was I going with this? (laughs) I'm getting off topic. My point is they need to hedge their
0: bets, you were saying, like.
1: I'm saying people need to hedge their bets, but but also like when all of that's when when there's actually a real fall, then when it's like or like when people start to realize that no one's coming to save them, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be too late. Cause then you're going to call, you're going to be me in, in the, I don't know, in the delivery company that I try to get a hold of. And they just don't, they like, there's so many calls right now that I, they can't, I can't even get them on the phone. I mean, I don't, I don't even try, you know, I probably try harder and maybe I'm wrong on some of some of this, but like, that is an overarching thing is what i see and feel and understand is happening right now so like i'm i'm just like now i'll say the same thing i said on on the podcast that you came on on my channel it's like now is not the time to be sitting at home being like i'm gonna get i mean maybe it is maybe i'm wrong To be like i'm getting my unemployment in two weeks just waiting for it to kick in while rent piles up now is the time to like hit the pavement running and like well companies are giving huge bonuses to like get everyone on the delivery train get paid part of that bonus and right. like make some money maybe i'm totally wrong i just I, I don't that's why i asked in our group i was like is there anyone is there any time in history where the government has actually helped the people in a time of crisis because if there is I want to know maybe I'm wrong maybe I should be working on art and waiting for my unemployment but it seems a lot more pragmatic to me to be in this in the streets delivering food talking to business owners maybe trying to help them and, and be a
0: part of the solution okay yeah. rant over yes no it was good it was a good rant I think so my thoughts on gig economy stuff like I said I think in the future I, I mean I know that I've seen in other uh well' I've, or actually no I haven't seen it but I've read I've read a lot of different articles about gig work in other countries, like in China and Korea, um, Russia. There's a lot of there's a lot more of this. That's not just app-based, you know. But there is a lot more of this sort of like you do small stuff. Companies need things done. They just find individual people. You do it. You get paid once, and then it's it. It's just contract work. It's this gig contract thing, um, and they just. It's basically the fulfillment of services. As and this is how I've been looking at it, and I think that you're right in that. Uh, I'm going to break this down all the way for really quick. For government, sure. no. big, a big piece of a uh, big piece of government, and something that ties in a society is the distribution of goods. Right. We'll start there. So that's something that we're just talking. Right. And,
1: and you mean delivery, freight? You mean the movement of goods? I'm just saying. Space.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying when you talk about these kind of big concepts like society and organization and countries and stuff, a big f- reason that people organize is to help distribute goods better. Right, that's like why people work together. So I think fast forward from that sort of you know big old school understanding of organization, you can call that fulfillment. And I think that originally there was fulfillment was done for a long time as a singular entity that would do it. You had like government run things that would do fulfillment. You know, you had government run distribution of goods and uh, and services
1: i don't know
0: of many but okay i'm saying just in the past when you look like all the way in the past you have you had big companies and now um because you amazon have amazon
1: let's use an, an example
0: right.
1: amazon fulfillment
0: right and so now you have but in the modern era there is no such thing now on a big scale as like big companies that just do fulfillment it's mostly but all, amazon <laughs> but, but amazon doesn't do fulfillment really right like they They do a lot of the Amazon fulfillment services is based on like networking, smaller nodes. Well, let's just, can we just, can you just, can you give me an example of a product? Just give me, give me a supply
1: chain for a product because the way that you're describing it, I'm never going to be able to understand and I
0: don't. Well, so it's basically what I'm talking about is when, when you get, when you order things online one of the yeah. ways that amazon gets you stuff so fast there's two ways they do it one they have software that predicts what you're going to buy and moves it to a warehouse that's closer to you but that's only right. if it's fulfilled through amazon if it's not fulfilled through amazon and it's fulfilled through one of their auxiliary services which is a lot of the products that is you buy through amazon they just find people who have it people are drop shipping things for bigger businesses all the time and a lot of fulfillment in this country and around the world is becoming a series you know a system of smaller individual things that you call upon you know you get like you get drivers you get trucks you get warehouses when you need them so there's this i think that if you look at these these big things like the distribution of goods has become a very small node based you know gig basically on demand service you can get fulfillment on demand you didn't used to be able to now you can that's interesting and so in my opinion the reason why i see the future of most work as it's going to be gig work is because I think that same shift is going to come to the distribution of services in this country. I think it's going to be instead now give of give me an
1: example for that. What what service and how?
0: Like like any services, uh, you know, like this, like delivery is a great example. You know, I mean, because that's already kind of similar to the distribution of goods in terms of a physical way. Um, but I think I think even more so, it's going to become as verification of individuals uh, uh, becomes easier and when sort of verification of people's skills and abilities and coordination of people's schedules becomes a higher thing I think, I think sure i think so here's the problem that i'm having with what you're saying okay
1: um sorry do you want to finish i, well, I, think I, I mean I guess, I guess i and... guess what
0: i'm saying is you know the idea of an employee i think is is, is going to totally fade out because i don't think it's necessary I think it's going to be easier for but companies But I won't think it
1: totally to will fade out. I think that's an extremist thing. I, I get what you're saying. I think it'll fade I, out for a lot. I, what's I think what's will, interesting in is that like, because le- if there's one pattern that I understand, it's that things happen a lot slower than people expect them to in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And so the reason that I'm asking you to, to give me an example as a service is because when you talk broadly, it means that there may be broad, like, I just can't think of how things will actually change. So like for me, I, like the first thing that pops to mind to be like some, a service that is completely undifferentiated and that is delivery, right? Delivery is a service. Well, okay, two so mile, here,
0: last two mile delivery isn't, okay, go ahead. Okay, so here's an example. If you, um, if you go to like a mechanic that's a national, if you go to a national tire and battery store, it's not, it's not run by national tire and battery, right? National tire and battery just franchises the location and a lot of times they buy out other businesses. They find small body shops and mechanic shops and they offer them their, their infrastructure, their backend, and then they keep the same people on to run them. Similar to franchises for like cell phone stores, right? Like cell phone stores, you go to Verizon store. You don't see Verizon on their, you know, on their LLC. Their business license doesn't say Verizon. It says like Joe's cell phone shop and he just has Verizon's name on it because they give him permission to use it. So this node-based version of, business fulfillment in that way. Franchising, I think, was the first wave of this kind of node-based business service service business sort of fulfillment. And I think that now it's not even needed for that because individuals can be those nodes for big companies and big brands and big systems without needing brick and mortar locations. So why would they need an employee when you can say, okay, so here, I'll give you, okay, here, you want a really specific example? So uh, do you know anything about diminished value claims for insurance for cars? No, right? Okay. So, (laughs) I mean, some people do because they know their own car stuff. But uh, so, when you, if you get your, if something happens to your car and you have to file a diminished values claim with Geico, Geico sends, uh, and I know this because I've done this. Well, first tell me what is a diminished value claim? It's just when an insurance like adjustment person comes out and like checks on things and makes a claim. They say,
1: okay, a branch fell on your car. This used to be worth 15 grand. Now it's worth 14 grand.
0: Yes, that type of thing. All right. uh, back in the day, insurance companies like GEICO had in-house people who would come what do you just you just lick your microphone over there? No, bro. I, was just, I was just
1: showing you to notice the timestamp, bro, because we're a certain amount of time into this podcast, and now I'm oh, be yeah. cl- talking close to the microphone.
0: Okay, yeah. This is when Taj gets uh, he, the asthma section. We always we always wrap up every for our for new listeners. We always wrap up every podcast with a with some nice asthma <laughs> courtesy ASMR, of Taj um, ASMR
1: for those people who.
0: So I guess what I this fun. to be very specific about this service fulfillment uh, idea that I have about the future of things is that I did a job where I found on Craigslist someone who was looking for someone to to do um, to help with a diminished values claim. It was outside of the their usual area of service. They needed someone to do it. It was near Charlottesville, it was over in Harrisonburg. And so I responded and said, hey, I can take pictures and I can drive places. Uh, they made me, you know, send a picture of my license in to verify who I was. They did a quick background check. And then they sent me out to do this claim. And so the system, the system that this was, was this person had Geico insurance. They needed to file a claim for their car. They sent that claim to Geico. Geico Geico subtracted, sorry, subcontracted that claim out to a diminished values adjustments claims business who then subcontracted going and taking pictures of it to me. So in case you don't know how your car insurance works, that's how it works. I went to this guy's house and he said, are you from Geico? And I said, you're damn right, I'm from Geico. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to take pictures of your car. (laughs) And so I did, I took, and I had a template. They sent me a template. They were like, we need these pictures. You know, they have to look like this. And
1: you got paid for this.
0: Yeah, and I got paid for this. Um, I got paid like a hundred bucks, took me like an hour. You know, I just drove somewhere and drove back. no, it wasn't at Harrisonburg. Then it must have. It was only like thirty minutes outside Charlottesville because I just drove. Doesn't right. matter. Yeah. Anyway, matter. it took me like an hour, maybe in thirty minutes total. Paid paid me a hundred bucks, and so so and then they sent me an invoice for my work as a contractor. Uh, I, I you know I sent back. I dropped. I don't I don't know how I sent it, but I sent all the information back. I sent a bunch of texts, and a bunch of pictures, and then they used it to create the claim, and then they sent it back up to Geico. Now that type of work. I think is how the future of the fulfillment of business services is going to be. The distribution of services is no longer going to be this thing where you're an employee somewhere, you're just going to be a verified person.
1: But it, but it only works. So here's my point is that like the reason we still have employees after 2008 and I mean, Uh full employment is a a variety of reasons, but it only works for
0: unskilled stuff. And it is, it's like. Right. But that's the thing. It only works for what you said. It only works for unskilled workers, right? So how do you know someone is skilled? The old system used to be that you trained them, or you had your own certification. But now there's so many other certifications that you can use, like looking at someone's Instagram and being like, this person knows how to take photos, right? Like they just people don't care. There's pre qualifiers, pre qualifying a contractor is incredibly easy now. And then doing background checks is also incredibly easy. So I think think you're oversimplifying it. I think you're right. I I just know that I mean, if I can do that you know, who, you know, why would they, I assume that if that's the way that it was done for me, I assume guy So how come you didn't keep doing it though? Cause it was a one-time thing for you. It was one time because they didn't have any more claims that they were that far outside of their that's, service. So range. that's my point
1: is that like, right. So for someone right. who lives in Los Angeles, maybe that's something
0: that you can do as a full-time job. Well, no, no, um, so, right. I understand that. But what I'm saying is if you think about it, like this node-based on-demand economy, let's say their, their node which is who I got contracted out from is like here. And they, you know, their their circle of service, their area of service is. oh man, this is not going to translate to podcast. But let's say that- uh, That's why you have the visual. That's
1: why you put this on YouTube. I, 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 I guess I'm going to have
0: to. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's say you have, uh, you know, you have an area of service that's, let's say it's 50 miles from one of your nodes. And so let's say you're Geico and one of your nodes is this contractor that you use. And then now they can't do this. You send them a list of things you need. If it's outside of their area of service, they look for another node, which is me, sure. right? So, yeah, yeah. But I only ever contracted through that one person. If I thought that this was something that I would do more of and needed to do more of these gigs, I could probably find every single diminished values, adjustments, claims agency in on the East Coast, like from Kentucky to Virginia to Maryland, North Carolina, Tennessee, and then I could just do this for all of them. Then I would consistently have work, right, that would just... at, at I would do as many gigs as I could because it would all overlap. And that's sort of how I see a lot of this service-based economy being. I mean, that's why, that's how DoorDash works. DoorDash, just, DoorDash doesn't send someone in Los Angeles who makes, you know, who wants food delivered. They don't send the DoorDash request to people in Seattle, Washington, because that's not a, that's a node that doesn't, even sure. though they have nodes. I mean, there, I
1: think I think we're losing, I mean, I think that, that, that uh, the economy is being far and far less location-based. And for me and you who, you know,
0: no, I think I it's know. becoming more. Lo- that's what I'm saying. I think well, it's sure, becoming but, more. Well, sure, but do you
1: get what I'm But you could, but let's say that like, it's also has to do with your relationship, right? Like, cause you can also, mm-hmm. like the people, you know, you can work DoorDash, you can move and then work DoorDash in a new city. Right. And that's what that's what my friend did. She was like, man, DoorDash in LA was whack, whatever. She ended up moving. And then later she's like, oh, DoorDash might be good right now. Cause it was just a thought in her brain based on what was going on. Right. probably I don't know I'm speculating but then she she works for the same company doing kind of the same thing um that's fair you know it's pretty you don't really need to train for it um in a different place where it was more profitable and so I think also that your relationship with people and companies is less like it used to be when you just move people are like well see you later like see you never you moved you know You be, you made the big trip across to the west coast and I think that like location may be important at any given moment, but it's not important over time. Um, yeah, can I, mean, I rail this conversation or is it still going? <laughs> I think that's interesting. I mean, you I, have, I mean, someone, kind of if you're listening, someone should go do that. I might go do that. Just call every diminished claims
0: place right. in their area right. and so start
1: taking photos of cars all day for cash. Right.
0: That's what I'm saying. But that's, <laughs> that's I'm, I kind of got off on my rant here because sure. off of what you were saying about now is the time, now is not specifically the time in my mind to sign up for DoorDash. Like not, no, I don't mean that, for sure. I think that now is the time to try to get ahead of understanding that this is gonna be the future of a lot of income and that you should start getting used to how you can find new things like this. Like I have been doing yeah. this for so long. I've been doing this for at least five years. Learn now. how to
1: learn in this right. world. Learn
0: how to find mm-hmm. gigs. It's like you got the skill of learning how to find gigs and being open to it, and you know, organizing a schedule. That is a skill. That's a skill that we you really should start flexing. You really should start trying to develop. Depending on who you are, I mean, I
1: think I think think, yeah, depends on who you are. I don't know, like if I guess if like if you're the type of person who listens to this podcast, then you're probably
0: that type of
1: person. So
0: who knows? um, this, the audience, let me tell you, the audience is very diverse. We got a very diverse crowd. <laughs> <That is laughs> so diverse.
1: White person thing to say of the 21st century.
0: Um, it's so like, I, that's how I know someone,
1: that's how I know someone's not doing a good job at whatever they're doing. I'm like, so who's your audience? And they go, um, oh, we kind of have a little bit of everything, and then I'm like, everything. and then I creep their analytics, and I'm like, nope, eighty percent of the people that listen to your podcasts are millennial females that like buy right. Starbucks. Like that is your audience. That's eighty percent. If those eighty percent disappeared, like I don't know. It's just funny to me how unaware people are. Yeah, you know who your audience are? You, you, you liar! I know you know.
0: <laughs> well, well, I see. Here's the thing. I know my audience is currently, but you know. I have no idea when, some, when the listeners are listening to this podcast, it's probably going to be so diverse. Let me tell you, it's going to be so diverse <laughs> by the time other people listen to this, Don't it's Donald no longer, Trump this
1: conversation. It's not right be... I'm derailing the conversation okay. to something I, weird. I okay. delivered food to a male person today. I was on my bike driving food and they pulled up, they pulled up in a big mail truck, like a federal employee and they Wait, pulled up.
0: Was it, or was it like U- UPS? Was no, it USPS?
1: I'm pretty sure it was USPS. Okay. Um, uh, except it never happened, if this is illegal. <laughs> For them, or me, or yeah. anyone else. <laughs> you cannot, but, uh,
0: allegedly, you can either confirm or deny that it was a USPS ban. <laughs> that it was a federal worker. I'm sure it's not illegal to order lunch. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, who knows? There's so
1: many weird laws on the books, because laws don't have sunset clauses. That, like, it's, like, you know. Um. Anyway. <laughs> they pulled up. I was at a stop sign and I definitely didn't blow through the stop sign on my bike because I'm a law-abiding citizen. But the mail truck was at this ad- the adjacent stop sign. It was an all-way stop situation. I pulled over. I was like, "Oh, that's probably them. This is the address they ordered to." They pulled over. They were like, "Oh, right on time." They walk out of the mail truck, put it like grab the food and just put it in the mail truck because they knew where they would be in their route during right. that time of the day and they ordered food because they could they could they knew the DoorDash slash um company that doesn't exist whatever they knew the delivery yeah. like was like was like going to be in a 40 to hour minute to 1 hour window or whatever which right. i thought was fascinating because that is like that was like an insight into like maybe 10 years in the future maybe 20 maybe 30 maybe 200 maybe f- now because i did it once right but like just the idea of being part of your work you're you're in motion and you get things delivered to you as you are delivering things
0: all right, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you what happened. Some male guy jacked your delivery order. I'm just gonna be straight up with you, Tosh. Some dude just stole your delivery order. First of
1: all, it was a woman, so you should. Okay, I'm sorry. Texas some that some male, male people lady. are
0: all men. <laughs> I mean, I got tricked by the word. No, so, she was so no a because female, female in, the, in
1: the note in the delivery note on the app it said. It said post office worker or so. You know, it said mail truck on the thing. Okay, and good. I was like, I was just double checking because yeah. a,
0: if someone in a mail truck was just like hungry and saw a DoorDash guy biking by and was like, hey, that's probably my food, and just took it and left, that guy's a yeah, hero. I did. I did this guy <laughs> dude, again being like four
1: thousand deliveries. I don't make rookie mistakes like that. It'll be so funny though. I'll walk into a place and they'll be like we handed, uh, they're like, we handed that to just anyone. Like people, people mess up on the restaurant side all the time.
0: Oh, sure. I mean, (laughs) that happened. I mean, that would happen at, you know, coffee shops, a coffee shop I worked at in Boston, people would just come and take orders because you like put it on the bar, you put it on the bar with the name on it and people would just be on their Bluetooth talking and they would just grab it and leave. And I'm just like, A, now I have to remake that order. And B, you're about to get a whole mouthful of something that's going to ruin your morning. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, just check it. Check the orders. Like, it's yeah. not even malicious. Some know? of it is malicious. No, some of it is. But I would say of of all the times that that happened, like, maybe 20, maybe 10% was malicious and 90% negligence. Just people. <laughs> just not looking. Um, anyway, so this has been a very successful podcast taj is about to do his asthma i saw him grab his mic so um we're gonna wind down with some nice <laughs> i'm gonna start i need to get my jazz piano out i know our private eye <laughs> Dude, that's not asthma bro you Dude, i don't my... know
1: what i don't know ASMR, what...
0: ASMR, <laughs> ASMR, like, wait on i think i need a different setting on my microphone i think it's like we're
1: done we're done with this podcast you have no myself. other
0: opportunities
1: for me you gave me no opportunities you gotta like
0: you just like these are all the opportunities you need big guy it's just right here just me and you I like this, this is, <laughs>
1: asmr like stands this. for asmr stands for something in the entertainment are you waiting for me to industry. fill that in because i don't know it, it, it stands for something in the entertainment industry that that me
0: oh the mic's down oh your mic's down but see the asthma was too too strong but uh, no, it does. Two it stands for, for, it stands for this, uh, it's yeah. like an audio synaptic meridian response. It's something to do with your brain. It's not like a cl- classification of genre or anything. You're wrong. No. A it's, feeling
1: of well-being tingling. Okay. Yeah, you know, it stands what? for like. ASMR in the entertainment industry.
0: What, what are you just going go to go find some. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast where we, <laughs> did you where we Google you? stuff in front of you. It's all more like this. It's like. You got to do more of that if you're trying to do ASMR. You can't use your vocal cords. you can to be like, welcome to the like, podcast. I, I know you guys really, really just
1: wanted to be here. ASMR so. so movies. Happy. Okay,
0: okay, hold on. You know what? I'm going to nip this All in the bud. Right. This is getting, into like, this is a <laughs> funny joke, but now we're getting, this is weird. I don't want to know <laughs> what the ASMR movies are on YouTube. Uh, anyway, thanks for coming on the podcast, Taj. I know we had. a show, bro. Again,
1: it definitely didn't start off with, like, a very weird I'm sure we offended no one in this podcast. Yeah, for sure. How, do uh, we, how are you supposed to end a podcast? Plugs? We'll yeah. Plug you? Yes. Brian, Sorry. Yes. Listen, to the, listen to all we do is talk with Brian Kimball on his yes, own podcast. that's, that's this next the week. They probably
0: know that Baby. if they're listening, <laughs> they're listening to this podcast. Hopefully they know one name. Shut of up, bro. I'm advertising <laughs> your podcast. Stop <laughs> plugging for me and plug for you, Taj. <laughs> Taj A. LeBlanc on dude, My Instagram. podcast
1: is still so bad, dude. It's so choppy.
0: I mean, yours is just called The Taj LeBlanc Podcast on Anchor. That's true. And you can That's find true. yours on Spotify, right? That's Dude,
1: Spotify, Google Play,
0: uh, Apple Podcasts, and probably a slew of others. I think it's also on Breaker and uh, CastBox and Overcast. Who, dude, there's Stitcher so many. Who uses those? Amazing, amazingly, a ton of people. There's like a ton of... So I actually... Re- I mean, I'm going to stop recording this. Thanks so much to Taj LeBlanc for video Zoom sessioning with me for almost two hours. You can find out more from him if you're interested in his content or collaborations at Taj LeBlanc on everything except Instagram, uh, where it is Taj A. LeBlanc. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I'm going to be doing a lot more of these video conferencing interviews now that I'm on the road. You can keep up with everything at allbriandoes.com or support me on Patreon slash allbriandoes.